The process of landing investment banking job offers can often feel like a black box, which leads to confusion and anxiety for most of the candidates going through it. Hey, my name is Sam Shaw, and I'm the founder of Wall Street Mastermind. I've personally coached numerous students on how to successfully break into top-tier investment banks, including Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, JP Morgan, Centerview, Evercore, and PJT Partners, just to name a few. On this podcast, I'm going to help you demystify the investment banking recruiting process by sharing what the clients of Wall Street Mastermind have done to get results like these. Enjoy this episode. Tony asks, uh, Mark, questions to ask an associate working in the healthcare group. Um, Yeah, I mean, look, when you say smart questions to ask, I mean, I assume you're talking about like healthcare related questions that you can ask. Yes. uh, Which make you sound like you are knowledgeable about the industry and up to speed on it. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, So first thing sure, it's like, I don't have, I don't have like a exact answer to feed you. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's not what you're looking for, but I'm not a healthcare banker. So I'm not going to pretend to be a healthcare expert. However, I can tell you like what I would try to do, which is if you want to sound knowledgeable about what's going on in healthcare, then it's typically either asking about like a certain current event that's been happening in the healthcare space or a trend that's been happening in the healthcare space, or maybe it's, um, like a certain deal, a healthcare deal that happened, right? It could be an M&A deal, it could be an IPO, it could be, you know, whatever. And so it's usually asking about one of those three things, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and it doesn't really matter which one, but, you know, you, you have to, long story short is you're going to have to do your homework, you know? So like we have some other clients that, you know, are also interviewing for healthcare groups and they're like very read up on uh, healthcare deals and healthcare trends and, you know, things like that. Right. And so, you know, in our uh, behavioral module where, you know, we have a section with questions that are basically related to what I just talked about. is like being able to talk about a deal that's been happening, being able to talk about like an industry trend, being able to talk about, um, uh, you know, current events, like I would go through those trainings and not just watch a video, but also below the video, we include, um, like additional notes. And uh, like one thing I know for sure that I include in there is like these links to, um, certain websites that you can basically visit and they have like different industry primers on, all sorts of different industries, like not just healthcare, but, you know, tech, consumer, like whatever, right? Like, it's depending on, you guys are all going to be interviewing for different groups. And so you might need different industry trends. And people always ask like, well, how do I find industry trends? So that's one place you can go is finding these industry primary reports, which we've already linked some examples for you, but there's a lot of other ones out there, right? If it's deals, um, then it's really just like keeping up with, I mean, there's so many different, uh, news publications that you can follow. There's, you know, Morning Brew is a pretty popular one nowadays. Um, I think Wall Street Oasis just came out with their own newsletter called like 
I don't know, banana peels or something like that. New York Times, they have like Deal Book, which is uh, a lot of these major, like Wall Street Journal probably has one. Like, uh, like you can subscribe to their daily emails or whatever, and they'll send you just like a summary digest of what's going on, right? And so you don't need to subscribe to all of them. I'm subscribed to like six or seven of them. So my inbox is always super cluttered. I don't necessarily recommend that, but if you just find one that you really like, or you subscribe to all of them, see which one you like, and then unsubscribe from the ones that you don't think are that useful, but just have like one or two newsletters that are your go-tos. And then like, you just read it once a day. And that kind of like helps you keep a pulse on what's going on in the industry, right? Um, and, and obviously those new newsletters aren't gonna be like healthcare specific, but if you want like healthcare specific deals, then uh, the easiest way to do that would be to run a cap IQ screen, right? So a lot of schools will actually offer cap IQ accounts to their students. Some of them will give you individual accounts, like you get your own login, uh, but cap IQ is very expensive. Like, but at a minimum, a lot of schools, even if you don't get your individual accounts, like you can go to uh, your school's um, library, or if not your school's library, then the business school library, and they will almost always have this subscription. And then so as a student, you can like use the school's logins or whatever, right? And we have a training in the module again on how to run the screens to uh, like get the type of deals that you want, right? Um, and if you don't have that, like you don't have access to CapIQ, um, then you can try like uh, either asking like an older friend who's currently working in banking or in PE or in financial services, like Anyone that's working on Wall Street probably has access to Cap IQ uh, or FAXA. FAXA works too, but like Cap IQ, I find is a bit uh, more user friendly, I guess. Um, or you can also ask in uh, our Slack channel. Like sometimes other students, other clients, they have access to Cap IQ and they they don't mind running screens for you. So um, that's usually like where I would start in terms of finding deals. You can even find it by industry. Like you say, I want a healthcare deal. That was done. You can filter it by bank. Like I want a healthcare deal that was done by JP Morgan. You know, you can slice and dice it whichever way you want. Um, and then once you have the deal, then you can go and just use basic Google to find, you know, as much information as you can about it. Right. But whatever it is that you do, if you're going to ask a question about a deal or about a current event or um, about a certain trend that you've been reading on, you need to be well read on that topic first because the last thing that you want is to open a can of worms that you don't know how to handle right like if they start trying to have a conversation with you about this thing that you brought up and then you don't have anything intelligent to say then it's going to be counterproductive when the whole point is you're trying to look smart by asking that question right mm -hmm. yeah. so does that make sense yeah, so you wouldn't come across as too like trying too hard if like you ask about like a trend or event. It wouldn't be seen as it bad, can. Right? It can. Mm -hmm. That's the risk, right? So yeah. it, it all depends on your execution and how you deliver it, right? Like it's pretty obvious when someone is just being a tryhard. A lot of students make this mistake where you know they come to a networking conversation and then before they've even warmed up the conversation, they just dive straight into like, you know, asking about a certain trend in the industry or whatever, right? 
Like, mm -hmm. and again, you know, if, if you ask about the trend and you have nothing to say about it, then clearly you're just doing it for the sake of doing it. Like you don't mm -hmm. actually have any genuine interest in that. Right. But mm -hmm. if you can actually hold, hold a conversation about a topic and you actually come the, the, the main thing is like, do you come across as someone who's actually genuinely interested about the question that you're asking or are you just faking it? Right. Um, but I will, I would also, like I said, I wouldn't make that like the first question you ask or even the second question you ask. Like, I would, you, you should demonstrate some interest in them and in, in their background and, and the work first. And then also sometimes like as you're going through the conversation, there will be opportunities that present themselves where it provides you a natural opening to ask about this kind of stuff, right? So what I mean by that is, for example, maybe as you're asking the banker about, um, you know, his background and his experience and he starts talking about, or, or you're asking him about the day-to-day -day of the job and he talks about a certain deal that he just worked on, you know, and that deal happens to be the deal that you read about. And as you have a question prepared about that specific deal, I mean, that's probably low probability, but, or maybe like, you know, he, he talks about, uh, he brings up a certain company that he covered and he worked on and it's related to like a certain trend. Right. And that, that gives you like a natural segue to ask about it. And it doesn't seem forced. Right. Mm -hmm. When it gets awkward or it feels like you're being a tryhard is you're talking about something totally different. And then you, all of a sudden you do like a, you take like a hard left and you're like, change the topic really abruptly. And they're like, okay. Like, and that kind of kills the flow of the conversation. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much. Cool. Thanks for listening to this episode. Interested in discovering how you can get personalized one-on-one -on -one coaching from Wall Street Mastermind to help you beat out the massive amount of competition out there? Head on over to www.wallstreetmastermind.com slash apply. And the street is abbreviated to ST, so it's really wallstmastermind.com slash apply. And our team looks forward to speaking with you.